welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you doing? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Doing alright, doing good. Uh, football has given me a headache within the last 48 hours, uh, we'll get into some of that. Uh, not football specific, but possible changes to FIFA and that kind of thing. Is 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 It's been a bit mad over the last two days or so, but we'll get yeah, into that. Yeah, that actually blew up over here in the States as well, so that tells you how... Yeah. massive it is yeah it it was going to be done by uh basically long story short the americans that own manchester united who are joel and something glazer uh they are americans so that's probably why all of that blew up and it was going to be a big change to the sport and uh but we're going to sort that out later in the episode once we get to some potential news uh but before we get into all that what have you been playing uh not a whole lot. It's been kind of a busy week for me. Um, I did play a little bit more of PGA 2021. Oh, I yeah. want to get better at that game, but it's one of those that's just, um, you know, kind of. I'm just. Not, it's just not jiving with me, but it's not discouraging me too much. Um, obviously, I'm still playing a lot more Mordheim. The the group that I'm in, that's in, you know, from another social group from another fandom. Uh, we took down the fourth boss, and we're prepping for the fifth. Uh, uh, NBA, I'm sorry, MLB, the show launches on Game Pass today. I haven't had a chance to actually play it yet. You know, too busy doing that whole, uh, you know, work thing. Um, but yeah, that's kind of been my week. Cool, cool. Um, so yeah, I've been playing some more of uh, Old Old Soulstorm. Uh, I've come to the conclusion that I think the game is awesome, which is good. Um, I think I think it was a case of I think as I said in the first week that I've been playing the game because uh, I think I've mentioned it three times so far on on three different weeks. This being the third one, um, I think it was just a case of getting used to the new mechanics. And once I got used to them and kind of like got on with the game from there, things just started working so much better. I I honestly can't believe how well the mechanic the simple mechanics of like looting and making these little weapons of sorts how well that works in in this game um because it's realistic within the world it's something that would make sense for abe to do uh, and i learned a little trick today as well uh and for those of you that are playing odd soulstorm as well take this as a little bit of an advice if you are in a area of the game where there's a lot of uh, sligs and you've got some mudokans that need to be rescued. Uh, now you can do this at your own risk because you're obviously going to either survive or lose them or, or whatever. If you equip your mudokans with um, like you know little balls or these like the different weapons that you can get and things. You can go into but so how you do that by the way is you press triangle you go into the crafting menu. If you press L1 and you go into, I think it's the followers tab, because you've got the crafting tab, then you've got the followers tab. If you go into there and you select the different items, um, you can select what to give them. And then all you simply do, right, because you can give them the items and they can kind of hold on to them or whatever. Um, what you can then do is get the Mudokans to fight with you, which might seem like a really, really simple thing. But you're talking about a franchise that started in the PlayStation 1 era. So obviously there were there were certain limitations of of what these games could do. Still a fantastic era of of video games, probably still one of the best. But uh, essentially, what you do 
is uh, you go into that menu, you go into followers, and then you select the item. You can select which item or however many of them you want to give to them, how many you want Abe to keep, that kind of thing. It's it's pretty good that way. Um, I think the items get spread around between them, between the Madokans, because you might have two, you might have ten, you might have five, or one with you. And all you simply do is switch their, uh, I think it's like a mood thing. There's aggressive and there's passive. If you select passive, they'll try to be more sort of stealthy and quiet. Uh, obviously, if you're trying to stealth through an area yourself, you'd pick that so that they do the same thing as you. But if you're in an area where you're going to be uh, fighting the Madokans as opposed to sneaking past them, sorry, fighting the Sligs as opposed to uh, sneaking past them, you can select aggro. And for the first time ever in any Abe game, at least as far as my knowledge goes, you can get these Madokans to start throwing balls at, uh, or whatever they have. It doesn't have to be balls, it could be these little, like, fizzy energy drink kind of bomb things, whatever. You can get them to start throwing them at the Sligs. And uh, I got to one of the areas in the game today, which was this kind of wall thing. Uh, basically what happens is you have about, it's between 150-200 Madokans, it might be 100 or, or, or whatever. And you pull this lever, they all start climbing this wall, sort of in the back, you can see them but they're sort of in the background climbing this wall. You don't interact with them because obviously they're trying to scurry away and, cl and climb up and stuff. You get these different ledges and the sligs will start coming out of them and then once they get to the end of the end of the ledges, they'll turn towards like the background and start shooting at them. Obviously your goal is to stop them doing that by putting either a mine down or trying to control them or wh wh whatever it is that you can do. So I played this little set piece today, where it was one of them situations, let's call it, let's call it the Wall of Madokans, or, or whatever. It's where they try and climb up the wall to escape. And, um, I gave a bunch of, like, you know, uh, I had lots of these little balls and all these kind of other things with me, and, uh, some of these other items. I started giving them out, and then I got some more of them myself, because there was this kind of unlimited machine. It was, it's intended so that you don't get kind of stuck on that particular level. And, uh, yeah, I sort of placed them around, like, told them to follow me and wait in different positions and things like that. So, sort of set them up, like, in a formation almost, and then put Abe in a certain place. And, yeah, they started just throwing things at the slags and knocking them out. And I was like, this is fantastic. Like, this is really... it. So if, if you're not familiar with the Abe games, you might think, like, oh, sure, yeah, your team, the people that were with you, would, would fight with you, but... As far as my knowledge goes, that's never happened in an Abe game. And let me tell you, it's very, very useful. Because not only is it... It completely switches things up. Because it goes from you not having to make them cower in a corner. And you do kind of all the work. To, hey, not only can Abe throw things at them. But your Madukans can as well. So you're kind of like just fighting back. Which kind of goes with the theme of what this game is. Which is, you know, they left Rupture Farms in the first game. And then in the second game, it's sort of like a rebellion almost, where they're they're kind of they've escaped and they're fighting back for their freedom. So it fit, it just fits in really well with everything. And uh, I kind of wish I'd known I could have done that earlier in the game because I probably would have saved some more Madukans. But um, yeah, it was just it, I, the first time I've ever seen that in any game. There's, they just started attacking the Sligs and things, and uh, it went really really well. So uh, I, I, other than that, like the game's just been clicking really well. The new mechanics, like I said, I'm completely used to by now. Now, don't get me wrong; it's still a very, very difficult game. But there isn't any history of any Abe game being easy. They're all supposed to be, you know, tough kind of challenges and things. Um, obviously, you're gonna get Abe killed in certain points. You're gonna lose certain Madukans or whatever. Um, 
but uh yeah it's been awesome it's really been awesome i really really enjoyed the last like couple of days that i played of it and stuff um any thoughts on any of that uh no i mean it's been a very long time since i've played an abe game i actually did play it on the original xbox way back in the day all right um i haven't really kept up with the series since then but that's not that unexpected it's a difficult game i mean like you said it is designed to be that so yeah yeah i mean if it was too easy to the point where there was no challenge then you know what would kind of be the point um because the whole idea is you don't simply figure out okay how do i get these guys out of here um it's a case of okay if you keep if you keep failing you've got to really look at the situation and think okay there is a way to get out of this how do i do it and you've got to kind of figure it out from there so because uh, there's always more options on the screen than what you kind of would think um so so yeah i've just it's really really great how much i've been been enjoying it so um but yeah it's been difficult and enjoyable at the same time which is an interesting combination i've uh, been playing a little bit of cod as well uh met a uh, australian guy on there today he was part of like a friends group and things uh, that's something i really like doing as well is when i kind of group up with a couple of friends i've already got and they're like hey i've got a bunch of friends to invite they bring them in it's kind of a friends of friends situation and you kind of meet new people and that and uh, which is the whole idea of you know playing with friends online and that kind of stuff uh, we had a great time earlier um to my complete surprise i don't think i mentioned this last week they've added a new map to modern warfare and a new gun as well they kind of did it pretty stealthily i didn't see any announcement i actually because i died in one of the cyber attack games and my friend was using this gun and he started shooting it like shooting with it and stuff and i was thinking i was kind of like looking at the gun he was using i was like i'm sure i've never seen this gun before and i just said to him like is is that a new gun he was like yeah yeah it's a new gun i was like wow um, cause, cause why, what I thought was going to happen with COD is obviously they'd keep like the servers and things going for, uh, modern warfare, but in terms of adding new maps and stuff, I thought they were just going to completely focus on Warzone and Cold War cause those are kind of the current things. Uh, but yeah, they added a new map called Killhouse and they added a new gun. I can't remember the name of it, but it's a pistol basically. And you can, if you do well enough with the pistol, want to unlock enough things. You can make it fully automatic with an 80 round mag. <laughs> so it kind of becomes this, uh, I don't know how to even describe, like a fully automatic pistol with a lot of ammo, basically. And uh, he was destroying people with it, and it looked like a ton of fun. So I started using it, started getting it upgraded myself. And uh, I always like doing that with guns, you know, upgrading sort of new guns and things. Unlocking things for new guns. Uh, haven't quite got it to the, I haven't unlocked the fully automatic thing yet, but uh, I'm slowly unlocking bits and pieces for it, which is good. Uh, yeah, the new map called Killhouse, it's sort of like the warehouse map that's in the game now, but the interior, like the things inside the map have been redesigned. Now, a lot of people in the game don't like some of the smaller maps, such as Rust and Shipment, that kind of thing. I love playing Cyber Attack on like the smallest map possible, because it means that you're going to kind of run into the other team very, very quickly. And it just creates a very fast, close quarters combat, and I absolutely love playing the game like that don't get me wrong i still like doing a good you know sniper shot from across a big map or something uh or like picking somebody off with an assault rifle like at medium range but i do really like to be in the small maps and just sort of it's just quick and frantic and close combat i i, I really like playing the game like that so uh that's been that's been great as well because uh, basically the maps that you can play cyber attack on the small ones you've got rust 
You've got uh, Hackney Yard is relatively small, but it's not as small as some of the other ones. And this new one called Kill House. There is another map called Shipment, but you can't play Cyber Attack on that. Which I wish that you could. That would be just hectic and fun. So, because uh, sometimes I think that's when Call of Duty is at its best, which is when it's just fast and frantic and hectic and just you know all sorts of things. So, uh, but no, I'm just surprised that they added anything to Modern Warfare, and I'm wondering if they're planning to add more. So, because I do follow uh, the game on social media. And I didn't see any sort of update for the game. So uh, that was a nice kind of little surprise, I suppose. Uh, so that was good. Uh, any thoughts on like them updating the game and things? Yeah, I mean, it's cool when they constantly update the game. I don't yeah. really play those games, so I wouldn't really be able to comment on it that further. Nothing against them. It's just not my style of play. I mm-hmm. try them from time to time just so I can say that I've tried them. But I tend to be pretty terrible at it, so <laughs> I don't really play them that much. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very, uh, you've got to have just ridiculously quick reactions sometimes. So, uh, but a uh, ton of fun with that. That's been great as well. Um, what's the other thing that I was playing? I think that's about it. Just Oddworld, Soulstorm and COD, really, at the moment. So, uh, there's that. Um, let's get into some housekeeping and then we'll get into potentially some very, very interesting news. Some big changes. It's, it's a bit of a changes type of podcast. Uh, but let's do some housekeeping and then we'll talk about the news after see you in a minute hi there and thanks very much for listening today i'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links the first of which is our amazon affiliate link that's where you can shop on amazon we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra so whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice that's $3 level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show alright so recently on entertainment talk what have we got for you here Uh, we've got the return of um Sorry, yeah, it's the second episode of the second half. So season six, episode nine for Fear the Walking Dead uh, went out yesterday and Sunday in the US on AMC. 
so we talked. I talked about that yesterday. Fear the Walking Dead season six, episode nine. So the uh, second episode of the second half of uh, season six. So that was interesting. Uh, Batwoman's back on uh, E4 in the UK. Uh, talked about uh, season two, episode one. Uh, you did decide some time ago you didn't want to join me for the uh, Batwoman episode. So I, I I I explained what kind of happened on the podcast and that. Just uh, just simply you just weren't kind of interested in coming back to Batwoman, which I said was totally fine. Um, and uh, I'm just going to be doing that season solo, which is uh, which is the way that that's going to go. But uh, that will still be continuing, and uh, that's Batwoman the Return for season two. Uh, over on the United cast, we'll be talking about some football stuff here in a bit, some FIFA, potentially FIFA-related kind of things. But uh, in terms of the actual results, because obviously there was the Super League stuff, which unless you've been living under a rock or completely ignoring sports news, uh, there were some big changes announced which might be getting reversed we don't quite fully know yet it's been a, it's been a bit of a mad night but in terms of the latest results uh may Knight did beat burnley 3-1 at home which was a very very good result indeed uh, and in the uh summer transfer window which should still be happening regardless of whatever happens in the future uh did my predictions for man united's 2021 summer transfer window who do i think will leave and who do i think will join manchester united of course we don't know yet it's just my predictions which is why it's called that so uh you can enjoy that episode as well uh what else we got we've got uh becoming eisenberg podcast for breaking bad we'll be doing season two episode two tomorrow but you can uh listen to season two episode one coverage uh, that's for breaking bad it's available on amc and then netflix in the uk so that we're returning with that podcast very very good numbers on the return episode uh happy to to say that as well so thank you to everybody who has listened to the return podcast for that Last week on Gaming Talk, we talked about uh, The Last of Us being remastered, even though, sorry, remade, even though it's already been remastered. Uh, the future of Days Gone, with no Days Gone 2 happening, the pitch got rejected. And uh, some K- Kojima updates. We do have an email about the Kojima stuff today as well, so we'll be talking about that. And uh, that's pretty much most of the stuff we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Uh, let's get into some news. Alright, so one thing I wanted to talk about, uh, not veering, I mean, we're going to veer into sports stuff, but not going to aim it directly at um, football, more more in terms of how it could affect FIFA. So let me just explain the situation very quickly. Um, So there was an announcement on Sunday night that uh, six English, I'm not going to name name like all the teams or whatever because obviously you're you're here for gaming news and not for for sports news but it could affect FIFA so that's why I'm kind of bringing it into this podcast. Um, There was an announcement on Sunday of this Super League thing and uh, it basically means that some teams from the Premier League and all the other leagues around the world like the, the biggest teams from around the world would essentially be put into one big Premier League sort of starting the format of it was very very flawed and uh Push Square and some other sites reported that okay could this affect FIFA 2022 now what I'm going to do now as of about 20 minutes ago so this was as of about 20 minutes ago the president of Real Madrid because this was being led or spearheaded as the term has been used 
by the owners of Manchester United, so the Glazer family, and the president of Real Madrid. I don't know his name particularly, but uh, apparently he did do a uh, press announcement 20 minutes ago. So I'm just scrolling through Twitter because I'll either have something to talk about here with FIFA or I won't. Um, I'm just having a quick look through Twitter. Uh, I am okay. I'm reading that as as advanced this afternoon, all the British teams will be withdrawn. That's from BBC Sports. Um, so for Brits for Romano, he's a credible football journalist. I'm trying not to make this too much sports news, but it it would affect FIFA if this was to happen. Uh, says May I could leave the Super League soon. Chelsea and Manchester City have already pulled out of it. Uh, so how how we kind of thought this would maybe change FIFA? Hypothetically speaking, because uh, when you go to play FIFA and you go to select your team, you have obviously the Premier League, you have the um, La Liga, the Spanish League, you have Serie A, the Italian League. You go, you switch over to one of those, and you click on like one of the teams from one of the leagues. What would potentially happen if this Super League thing did happen is you'd possibly have a tab that would just be called Super League, and it would maybe have the twenty teams selected in there. Obviously, it wouldn't have. Uh, now, as has been reported, it wouldn't have Chelsea and Man City in there because they have, they have officially pulled out of the tournament. Um, because you wouldn't, you wouldn't, because Man United, I think, would then be told to the, these English teams would then be told to leave the Premier League. So, if you were to go on FIFA 2022, if you were to go over to the Premier League tab, they probably wouldn't be in there, even though they are still English teams, and that's technically the league they're in. Um, what do you what do you think of this whole? situation and how it could affect the football game it looks like it's not possibly happening judging from tonight but what do you think of the uh situation yeah well like like we said uh, when we were talking before we started recording that that news actually did bust out over here in the states and obviously the u.s doesn't have as much invested or as big of a fan base for english football clubs as you would because obviously you do podcasts on them Mm -hmm. but it is you know sports so we try to keep abreast of everything sports related pretty much the consensus that i heard from people that do follow sports is that it was a dumbass idea like epically dumbass idea it made no sense whatsoever to do this for any reason at all um, I don't know if over there they gave any kind of a reason for doing it, but that never got translated over here. As for how that would afford, uh, afford FIFA, um, outside of my recent start of playing you know, uh, PGA 2021 and my getting back a little bit into uh, MLB The Show, I don't really play sports games, so that wouldn't really f- affect me a giant amount. Um, obviously, you should keep abreast and keep, aware of things that don't affect you because sooner or later they will but i just don't understand why they would do that to begin with they like that thing called money well yeah but who doesn't yeah but it's basically because the owners of most of these clubs are absolute pieces of shit uh such as the glazers who own who who unfortunately own the football team that i support you know obviously i support the players and i want them to win the games but uh, the Glazer family, who have owned Man United for I think fourteen or fifteen years, have tried in every way they can to basically run the club into the ground. Luckily, we've still managed to win things. But uh, uh, so, so where the egregious money part comes into this is that each club, each twenty teams that was going to be entered, sorry, no, the founding, I think it was the founding twelve teams that were going to be in this, we're going to get four hundred million, uh, either pounds or dollars or whatever 
each season for participating and the it was supposed to be now this sounds quite ridiculous because this whole situation is ridiculous was going to be a 23 year thing um now where the stupidity came into it was teams like arsenal who've been crap for ages and who are 10th in the Premier League were for some reason put into something called a Super League even though they're 10th in their current league and would get 400 million each year but the big problem with that is also that even if you even if you are Arsenal and you finish 20th every season for 23 years you'd still get 400 million every year so it was not only a case of being extremely greedy but also having no sense of competition whatsoever because you'd still get money anyway so uh but yeah i'm looking around just in regards to um because i'm trying to just keep this to fifa and everything uh it does look like man united have left this competition um so at least on fifa 2022 man united chelsea and man city would be in the premier league the others because there's still the other teams in there as well uh but i'm just looking around on twitter and stuff and it does look like man united have left um i'm just trying to look for something uh, yeah, there's four. So there, there were six English teams that were put into this, and now there are. Um, well, there'll be three more because Chelsea, Man City, and Man United have supposedly all, all left. So it looks like. It, I, I mean, if one by one these clubs have started pulling out of this thing, uh, it looks like the thing would collapse, which would mean that 20, 20, FIFA 22 would be normal. <laughs> like a normal football game because they would be in in the Premier League. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the updates for that. But uh, yeah, it probably would have if this was going to happen, which it doesn't look like it will. Um, it probably would have changed FIFA, which is obviously the gaming side that I wanted to bring into this. I am gonna do. I'm gonna wait for some of this news to like clear up over the next couple of days, and I'm gonna do a United Cast episode on Thursday to talk about all this because obviously it digs more into into football itself. But. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the, the reason you probably heard about because you said obviously you'd heard about this in America. The reason you probably would have is because a lot of these owners and especially the Glazer family are American people. So because uh, they, they were they're essentially trying to get these British football clubs and turn them into competing into in like an American style competition, which makes sense given that they are American. So, well, anyway. you say that, but it's not like other teams aren't owned by other countries either. No, but the reason they wanted to do it is because they wanted to turn it into that. Plus, I well, think didn't you that... say Chelsea was part of it, or did I mishear you? Yeah, there, there were six English teams, but they wanted to. Because... Yeah, Chelsea's owned by a Russian guy. Yeah, they, they are, but some, some of the others are owned by Americans, such as Maynard, uh, the, the Glazer family. So. Um, plus, I think the Glazers themselves, I think they own, I can't remember the name of the team, but they do own an American football team as well, I think. So, you know, they they were trying to sort of pull Man United into that. So, yeah. But uh, anyway, it looks like it might not be happening. Hopefully it doesn't. Because, by the way, for those of you who might not be kind of aware or whatever, if this did happen, this would probably ruin football. Uh because there would be no sense of competition, it would be greed, and it would just be horrible. So I'm glad it's hopefully not going to be happening. Uh, let's move on to that. Some other changes. I did say this was a changes-focused uh, episode. Um, so uh, two weeks ago or so, we did talk about uh, changes on the PlayStation Store, and what was going to be the situation has now been reser- uh, reversed. So the PlayStation 3 Vita... And there was going to be like a retirement of the Vita store. So a bit of a different situation with that. 
Uh, so PlayStation put out a blog post earlier this week. This has been a crazy week for news. <laughs> uh, for just lots of different reasons. Uh, so the headline that they put out was... The PlayStation Store on PS3 and PS Vita will continue to operate. So they've done a U-turn essentially. Different situation with the PSP. That store is still going to be retiring. But I think it's fair to say that most people were more concerned about the PS3 and uh, Vita stores. Uh, So this is from the PlayStation blog. Uh, Players will be able to continue to purchase games on PS3 and PS Vita. Recently we notified PlayStation... uh, Sorry, we notified players that PlayStation Store for PS3 and Vita devices was planned to end this summer. I can't remember the exact dates, but they were like June, August or yeah, whatever, weren't they? Yeah, a couple months, so, month yeah. and a half, roughly. Yeah. Uh, upon further reflection, however, it's clear that we made the wrong deci- decision here. Yep, I think so. Uh, so today, I'm happy to say that we will be keeping the PlayStation Store operational for PS3 and PSP, uh, sorry, PS Vita devices. PSP commerce functionality will uh, still retire on July 2nd as planned Um, when we initially came to the decision to end purchasing support for PS3 and PS Vita it was born out of a number of factors including commerce uh, support challenges for older devices and the ability for us to focus more of our resources on newer devices probably PS4 PS5 obviously they have the new PS5 so there's that our newer devices where a majority of our gamers are playing on that is true but people still want to use the old stuff uh, we see now that many of you are incredibly passionate about being able to continue purchasing classic games on ps3 and ps vita uh, for the foreseeable future so i'm glad we were able to find a solution to continue operations uh, i'm glad that we can keep this piece of our history alive for our gamers to enjoy uh, while we continue to create cutting edge new game worlds for PS4, PS5 and the next generation of VR because don't forget PSVR 2 is a thing as well. Uh, thank you for sharing your feedback with us. We're always listening to PlayStation community. Well, sometimes you do, but in this in this situation you very much did. Uh, so yeah, more changes to, to things. Um, Robert, a U-turn has happened here. How do you How do you feel? Honestly, I don't really care all that much. I mean, we talked about that when that news was announced yesterday. My thinking was is they just couldn't figure out how to turn all that off at once without <laughs> screwing up the PS4 and the PS5 store. Um, I do understand and the logistics of it. can't imagine sales for those digital games amount to a whole lot, especially considering PS3 games are not backwards compatible. If you purchase them in the store, those are strictly... You know, if you can stream them through the PlayStation service, then you can kind of use them. But they don't really, you know, unless you own a PS3 still and have it still plugged in, uh, there's no real functionality for that. It's not like with Xbox and them constantly making more and more games backwards compatible. Obviously, you know, if Microsoft shut down original Xbox games and Xbox 360 games as a purchase that would be a huge thing because those are so functional, so they have no reason to turn them off, even though there's probably not the biggest profit margin there. But with PlayStation, there's no need for it. it I mean, le- just legitimately is not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, sorry to quickly change the subject back. I just had another quick look on Twitter. All six of the Premier League clubs I mentioned that are involved, so the British clubs, have all pulled out of this thing. So, uh Forget the changes to FIFA 22. It should be a normal. But uh, good to hear about that. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, in terms of the... Yeah, I mean, one thing that was a bit of a worry here was, okay, if you want to buy, you know, the classic PlayStation games, PS1 games, and uh, some of the others as well, the only way currently to do that digitally is through Vita and uh, and PS3. Uh, so I'm just, I'm just glad on the game preservation standpoint that you'll still be able to do that. How long do you think... So now that they've done this U-turn... How long do you think from now onwards the PS3 and Vita stores will be be active? Six months, year tops. Okay, I I, I, I just don't think it'll last that long. Hmm. I suppose because they talked a little bit about in that in that statement there about um you know we we want to kind of keep functionality sort of fresh I guess for for the newer devices which is understandable you know the PS5 is now on the market they have a storefront for that. I suppose it's the case for Sony where you've got essentially five areas, right? PS3, mm-hmm. Vita, um, not not PSP, P- four four versions. Sorry, PS3, PS Vita, PSVR, PS4, PS4. and PS5. I mean, technically PS5 because it exists. Right, but they have a you know functioning storefront, and I'm just talking about functioning storefronts and being able to buy games for those because those are five different devices aren't they three four five vita and vr i mean technically the vr is tied into the playstation 4 and 5 store but still it's still like you know separate games and things i suppose it's a case for them where they they maybe looked at the situation they thought okay vr we're supporting that going forward they literally announced the psvr 2 4 is still being used very much so and 5 is obviously the new one. So maybe they just looked at the old two and thought, okay, maybe we'll kill them off. And now they've done kind of U-turn and that. I just wonder how long, because like I just asked you a second ago, how long do you think the 3 and Vita will stay open for? I think it's a case of how long can they support those 5 storefronts for? I mean, the simple, the other simple solution that they could have done, which, as you've pointed out many times, they fi- couldn't figure out to change their names for like a decade, is the other solution they could have done is found a way for the PS3... And the PS1 and the PS Vita games to be playable on 4 and 5. Because if you then say to your PS3 and Vita users, hey, those games that you've got for Vita or the PS3 games and the PS Classic games, you can get those on 4 and 5. Then you could kill off the Vita and PS3 store. Because then you could say, uh, you know, you have those support. I, I mean, I suppose the other thing is because it. With the, I suppose with the Vita, because the Vita is still getting games released for it. I know that with uh, Sacred Symbols and that, uh, they said that they were trying to release some of their games for for PS Vita. So maybe in terms of that, you couldn't close that one down. But the PS3, I mean, there isn't new PS3 games being released, is there? There isn't new PS1 classic games being released. So I guess if you killed that store off, but then moved those games over, kept the Vita store alive, then you'd only have four. It's just, I guess, for PlayStation, it's maybe just a juggling situation i suppose so uh we'll we'll see but uh, i'm i'm just glad that you know because i do still intend to play some of those ps3 and ps1 games and some ps2 games as well uh and we just have an option to do that so hey we got a situation this week where uh companies are actually listening to their fans which is good you know with the football thing and the reversal there and the playstation listened to their fans and they got the reversal there so um it's good. It's good news all around, I think. Uh, any other thoughts on any of that? No, not really. Okay, cool. Uh, but that's the situation that we've got with those. Um, and uh, I look forward to 
more of those things kind of going forward. Alright, so moving on from that, uh, let's go to the some Game Pass news uh, they tweeted out earlier today. It says, most of these games coming soon uh, in an M- L- MLB, sorry, not ML, not MBL, MLB The Show 21 is coming to Game Pass very, very soon. So there was an interesting situation here with, uh, so this game used to be a PlayStation exclusive, uh, this MLB The Show game. Uh, now it's not, which we did talk about actually some time ago that they were losing the uh exclusive rights to it uh now it's of course because it's available on xbox they've i guess struck some sort of deal where this is going to be available on game pass so this game is technically one dollar with a subscription on xbox and then 70 dollars for full price to own it on playstation 5 uh what do you think of that situation i think that's very uh different i suppose yeah it's definitely very weird i would love to know what the contract was that let a playstation party studio developed game get put on game pass as a game pass game that is absolutely wild um it's definitely a a flex by microsoft by any stretch of the imagination so Mm -hmm. you never really know what's going to happen with that so yeah but uh that one was announced on there and then uh the other games uh fable anniversary it says cloud uh fable 3 cloud uh mlb the show 21 um cloud and console uh and then second extinction uh cloud and console and pc because of course you can get game pass on pc with ultimate then destroy all humans which i think is the remastered version and then something called pahongs I'm not sure what that game is, but it's got a very strange name. That's on uh, on PC. I never did try to play that uh, Destroy All Humans remaster. I was aware of it, and I had the intention to, but uh, other things just kind of got in the way. Um, but uh, one thing's definitely for sure, I think we could both figure on this. That list alone is a lot better than what they've been putting on Games of Gold <laughs> for the last Oh, yeah, six and, I, and I think that's semi-intentional because yeah. that way it puts more value on the Game Pass. Um, and like I said before... They pretty much all but confirmed that Games with Gold is going to fade away at some point, mm-hmm. and it'll just be nothing or uh, old. Yeah, so. I and mean, if they do a yearly plan, like if they, if it's like a hundred bucks a year to do gold, you know, to do Ultimate versus like the one twenty or one thirty that it is now, I wouldn't care about that. So, mm. yeah, but uh, that is some changes to Game Pass. Lots and lots of changes today, definitely. <laughs> It's been a whoa dear. It's been a bit of yeah, a it's, uh, it's been a bit of a mad one this week. So and it's only Sorry Tuesday. I hit the mute on that. I apologize. Cool, it's fine. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a mad week, and it's only Tuesday. So we'll see what else happens this week. Um, so that's the news I got. The three pieces there. Um, again, the FIFA thing was kind of circumstantial, based on other things. So uh, I don't want that to seem sort of clickbaity or whatever. But. Uh, I don't know what decisions these big companies are going to make, do I? So, you know, because um, it just so happens that because I, I put that in the notes this morning of like, hey, this will probably change. You know, this Super League thing will probably change FIFA. And then literally about an hour and a half before we started recording, all these teams started dropping out. So I wasn't to know that was going to happen. So but a good thing they did. FIFA 22 should be normal and football should be normal somewhat anyway. So um, there we go. Uh, what do you want to talk about this week? Uh, we have an interesting job listing from Bungie. Uh, 
They are working something comedic with a lighthearted and whimsical characters, um, but they list the job now as, do you spend your time deconstructing the latest PvP games to understand how they work? The multiplayer system design listing asks, do you analyze how team play dynamics are affected by everything from moment-to-moment abilities to high-level macro objectives? Are you excited to design game systems that allow for interesting strategic decisions, multiple vectors of player learning, and the depth to support hundreds of hours of gameplay? So clearly they've got a new IP in mind with a very PvP-heavy focused. Now, I myself am not a big PvP player in general. I try to play the games. Some I'm like, okay, I could play this a little bit, but then I get bored with it. Others I'm just like, yeah, I'm not really you know, down for that. So I'm just kind of curious what your thoughts are on if it's an you know, expansion of an existing IP like Destiny or if you think they're going to go for something full-blown new. So this is from which company you said, sorry? Bungie. Bungie, Bungie. Uh, they did they, they did separate themselves from uh, who is it they did work on Destiny with was it Activision and then Activision, they, they, they yeah, separated themselves like a while ago yeah so now they've kind of gone a little bit different um, I don't know I don't know but I do like to see I mean any sort of whenever any sort of company like even if it's outside of gaming you know even in this especially in this day and age with the economy kind of falling and stuff I do like to see just job listings in general. It means that, you know, people that are out of work, people that are out of work are able to fill those slots and get jobs and then, you know, kind of uh, be better off. Um, I did, by the way, speaking of uh, hiring for gaming stuff, not that it's probably going to lead to much, but uh, I was doing my uh, job search the other day, as I, as I do, and uh, I don't find these very often, but I did find a job listed for Rockstar. Uh, for a game, I think it was a game designer or a game developer. It's probably bad that I can't remember which one it was. But uh, I did apply for it. I just kind of threw my application in there. I uh, probably won't hear from them, which is, uh, I guess, the situation. But um, yeah, I thought that was that was kind of interesting. I think I've seen that two other times where, like, it's specifically as it usually says, you know, the job title and then who the company's for and uh, where exactly that company is. Um, and it said Rockstar, so I thought, huh, Rockstar's kind of popped up. So I think I've applied for maybe like a job at Bungie before or something. Uh, I've applied for jobs at like IGN. That was before Entertainment Talk started. So uh, there's a little bit of my job search history. How about yourself? Have you ever seen any like game company job listings that you've gone for? Or just seen them yourselves? Yourself? That I've applied for? No. Anytime job listings like this open up, I always go to... Um, the job page itself and see what's available. Mm-hmm. But the companies tend to work in cities or states that I wouldn't want to live in uh, for various reasons. Uh, like we mentioned before with, I forget who it was, but it, the listing was for in Santa Monica, and that's just an insanely expensive city to live in. I don't know what the job was paying, but I guarantee it's not enough to live in Santa Monica. Um, and that's the problem with a lot of these companies is that they – they exist in very, very, very expensive cities to live in. Um, for fans of all of our podcasts, um, if you remember when we did the re- recap for Star, broke down kind of the, the the living expense and just in terms of buying a house in California versus Nebraska, and you were like completely floored by that <laughs> of how radical a difference it was. That's sadly in terms of pricing for that one house that I mentioned par for the course in a lot of the bigger 
California cities, and unfortunately, a lot of the game developers live are in California. So, hmm. yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I I just like to see when job listings open up because obviously there's people that do need jobs, and because uh, you you have one of two situations, or there are probably a few different situations, but two situations I look for, which is where you know the economy has been obviously falling for a year or so because of COVID and things. So people are unfortunately let go, you know, or furloughed or whatever. Then things change a little bit. Job listings start coming out. So people that have been let go or furloughed can maybe fill those slots. The other unfortunate situation is when the company itself cannot afford to keep itself afloat, can't offer people jobs themselves because they can't afford to pay people. And then they, you know, kind of go under or whatever, which is the the sad version of that part. But uh, hopefully more of the former happens, which is... uh, you know, because a lot of people have been let go from jobs in different situations, and I'm assuming in some game companies, because you know you got let's not forget about the uh, the indie developers uh, and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, hopefully some of those, because you know you're getting more and more people getting uh, the COVID vaccine and things. I, I've seen a lot of people within the last couple of months get the the vaccine and stuff. Uh, I myself haven't been eligible or offered one yet. Um, how about how about yourself? Has that kind of come up for you at all yet? Kind of, but I don't see myself important enough. I'm letting, you know, all like the first line right. workers, the the important people in terms of, you know, I consider this, you know, a more significant role for society. Once that's all done and passed and we're pretty much just a hey, whenever, then I'll probably get around to getting it. But I'll let the nurses and doctors and people like that get it first. Mm-hmm. That was kind of some of my thoughts as well. When when this started to happen and it was like, okay, the the sort of eligibility list um and then you know elderly people who are more vulnerable and then essential workers and i was kind of thinking because when it started to get to a point where more younger people were offered i was like am i supposed to get this thing yeah it doesn't feel like it so i'm kind of a little bit on the same page there where like you know more more people who are more vulnerable to it should should get it first so anyway um but yeah hopefully more people can fill out some of these jobs job slots and uh we can go from there so uh but uh what else do you want to talk about today uh, next up is we have our first official pre-E3 event. Sorry, I can't seem to talk today. Uh, Ubisoft announced a new Ubisoft Forward online press conference. The event will kick off at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, which is going to be 8 p.m. your time, which is going to be perfect, on Saturday, June 12th, as part of the launch of E3 2021, mm-hmm. and will feature up- updates on Ubisoft games from our teams around the world. Obviously, there's no been there's not been any official listing yet. Uh, the general assumption is updates on Fire Cry 6, Hyperscape, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, For Honor update, possibly Division 2 and Ghost Recon Break uh, Breakpoint updates. Uh, the biggest thing that I'm sure a lot of people, myself included, are interested about is Ubisoft's open world Star Wars game which was announced in January, shortly after D23, which uh, showed Disney resurrecting the ancient Lucasfilm games banner and effectively yeeting Electronics Arts out of all their exclusive contracts with uh, LucasArts to try to get a little bit something not crap from, you know, for a Star Wars-based game. Uh, So obviously E3 is heating up, and this is going to be the first one uh, that we're going to see. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Splinter Cell confirmed. No, I'm only joking. Um, we we all wish that that was that was the case. I'm sure. Uh, I mean, he might be there, but it might be a part of a mobile game or something. 
Um, who knows? Maybe they'll have. How long has it been since that show was announced? Will they have a, like a trailer or something for that? Or is this not quite the right time for that? I I, I don't know. No, I don't know, I don't I, know that they've ever announced anything. They had the you animated know, show. Outside. I, I know they did like one. Like I, I want to say November. I'm not 100 percent sure it's right. Um. Because that's just, you know, my brain, I've slept since then. Mm-hmm. But this is, like I said, this is the kickoff to E3, so. Hmm. Yeah, because, yeah, they did announce the, I think it was Netflix animated TV show for Splinter Cell. Uh, so I just kind of wonder if we see anything from that, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, the only thing you'll probably see from Splinter Cell, because I don't want to get anybody's hopes up, including my own, because I do love Splinter Cell. I love the last two games and everything, uh, is any kind of meaningful game announcement but uh, aside from that i mean yeah they'll probably focus on the big you know kind of live service games rainbow six division obviously far cry the upcoming uh next installment of that uh, i'm looking forward to that just for one reason because of jean carlos Bizzito, who is just a hell of an actor and uh, you know he's been in mandalorian recently better call soul obviously breaking bad previously to that and a bunch of other things as well and um he just he just has such a presence about him and uh, is so entertaining to watch uh, or in this case play so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that I just hope that I, I kind of want Far Cry to change a little bit because um, the last two games just felt really kind of flat and formulaic and just sort of boring because um, I can't remember if it was because there was like Far Cry and then Far Cry was it New Dawn or something Far Cry 5 New Dawn uh, where they had like the all it was all colourful and stuff yeah, it was a new dawn. Yeah, I know. I never even finished that. The last one I finished was Far Cry Five, and then of course the Far Cry New Dawn trailer spoiled the ending of the Far Cry Five game because that's that's basically the last meaningful point I was at with with Far Cry. Uh, but obviously they're all kind of anthology, so this won't be attached to to any of that. But um, I don't know. We'll see what they come out with for that. Uh, I just hope the Far Cry is a little bit more fresh. Um, Again, I was just trying to think about... Um, I just had kind of a sad moment to myself there because I just kind of thought about Ubisoft franchises and then I thought about Assassin's Creed. And if you've been listening for the last two months or so, you know how I have had a fallout with that series. Because um, I'm guessing they'll probably announce some sort of DLC or something for uh, Valhalla. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I'm sure there'll be something Valhalla-related at it. Uh, even if it's just like a... a... <sighs> Like like a one year plan, whatever they call it, roadmap thing. Yeah, yeah, roadmap. Um, I'd love to see like a big update on Ubisoft on a uh, Far Cry Six. Uh, the last game that I played was Four, just because I thought the 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 villain was so interesting. Even if he was just like a disembodied voice for ninety percent of the game, at least he had character and personality. I completely agree with you that Giancarlo Esposito is a big get for that game. Mm. Um, he has a massive presence on any show that he's on. I've seen a couple shows where the show itself is absolute crap, but I'll still watch it because he <laughs> he's very, very menacing in that role. Um, I don't know if I'll play it or not. I think I'm going to have to wait for the reviews to come out to see if it's, you know, if, if it gets described as, you know, you know, formulaic or if they do something really, really interesting with that character, that's going to be kind of my breaking point with that. Uh, my breaking bad point. Sorry. Had to, <laughs> uh, but we'll just have to see. It's uh, not that far away. It's about a month and a half and uh, it's actually perfect for you, Matt, because it'll be 8 PM on a Saturday. So you can just chillax, crack a beer and watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. 
So, um, and then Man United will probably play a normal game the next day. So, what do you say? Wait, wait, June? No, the season will be finished. Never mind. Uh, hopefully we'll have won the Europa League or whatever. So, uh, we shall see. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just know that once Assassin's Creed will come on the screen, I'll start getting sad. Maybe I'll take that as my, like, chance to get the next drink or to, I don't know. Because, uh, I, I just, I just, I just know I have to say to myself, okay, I've, I've got to just detach myself from that franchise. Um, because it, it's not going to ever get back to what I want. Because I've been literally waiting for them to get back to that for the last four or five or six games. And it kept not happening over and over again. So, again, if you love, if you like Assassin's Creed, you like all the Viking stuff, great, that's, that's brilliant. But it's just, uh, it's not, it's not, my, it's not what I want from Assassin's Creed. So, there we go. Uh, but we'll see what Ubisoft's got. And, uh, June should be an interesting month, nonetheless. Um... Yeah, the the Euros will be actually happening then, then won't they? Yeah, because you got yeah, the season finishes in May, June is the Euros, July the transfer window opens, August season starts. So yeah, cool. All right, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, in kind of a shocking move, uh, Jeff Kaplan, who is the game director for Overwatch and was spearheading Overwatch Two, has left Blizzard. Uh, this news broke at the time of recording, only a couple hours ago. Uh, Kaplan was frequently the public face of Overwatch, appearing front and center of developer update videos, BlizzCon, Overwatch League events. Um, obviously, why he was leaving, nor did Kaplan himself state uh, in a statement. Uh, he did make an official statement saying, quote, I'm leaving Blizzard Entertainment after 19 amazing years. It was truly the honor of a lifetime to have this opportunity, blah, 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 platitude, 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 platitude. Verbatim, boring, boring, boring. You can read the statement if you want, but it's just your standard cut and paste on BTFO. Um, this, like I said, this came out of complete nowhere. Nobody really heard anything about this. Uh, do you play much Overwatch? Is this a thing for you or not? I, I did used to, didn't I? Um, and then COD came along and changed everything. Uh, but no, I, I enjoyed what I played of Overwatch, definitely, you know, playing as the different characters, getting new ones added for free was great, the gameplay was good, I just, uh, I think I played it for about, what was it, about a year and a half or so I played it, so a fair, fair decent length of time, and obviously Overwatch 2 is supposed to be, uh, on the horizon, uh, Overwatch is on Switch now, isn't it, yeah, uh-huh. I think so, yeah, um, but uh, oh, I enjoyed what I played over Overwatch. It was great. I didn't have a problem with the game. I just, you know, when you you enjoy things and then you just drift off from them now and again, and you and you kind of move on to other things. So, um, but Overwatch two, Overwatch two, I think is supposed to have maybe like a story mode or something. That sounds like because that world is full of story and interesting characters. So that sounds like a good idea. But uh, no, I just kind of moved on. COD Modern Warfare came out, and that brought me back to that franchise. And as I've kind of said before, I don't really want to be in the middle of two, um, especially because they're kind of both shooters. I know, obviously, with Overwatch, you get different sort of characters. But uh, I just don't want to play two different competitive online shooters at the same time. Because really, if you're going to play competitively online in, in a game, you should really try to stick to one. Some people play lots of different games and they stream everything and that kind of stuff, which is cool. But uh, just for me, I'd like to stick to one uh, online game and just get really good at that one. So, Or sometimes not be really good at it. 
whatever. But uh, yeah, Jeff seemed like a, a good guy every time he did sort of like the, the Overwatch videos. He maybe explained like new characters that were joining or changes to the game or changes to characters, which was quite regular. You know, he was kind of the face of the game. Uh, seemed like a good guy. So, you know, um, as long as everything kind of is, is all right with him. Um, best of luck to him and uh, we'll see what he comes up with in the future who knows maybe he's done another deal to join somebody else or maybe he simply just wants to walk away and uh, enjoy his time or something so I don't know but uh, yeah there's not much bad blood in this as far as I am aware of and uh, seems like a good dude so uh, what do you think yeah I don't remember ever reading any articles about him that were negative or in Mm -hmm. a bad light and I do I go deep into web searches when I pull up articles. That's why you and I almost never have the same thing to talk about outside of, yeah. you know, monthly free games or things like that that are big, you know, big notices. Um, and, you know, it's possible, but I honestly don't remember. So it seems like he's just a cool dude. Um, obviously, you know, being at a company for 20 years almost. I can understand wanting to, you know, try something new, try something fresh, especially if you've been stuck on the same project for a while. Uh, I just hope that wherever he goes, he enjoys himself and he's happy. And really, that's all that matters. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, before we move on to your next thing, we did have a piece of news that I've just seen that came in about an hour or so ago or about two hours or so ago, which I just about missed. Uh, obviously, all the football stuff kind of got in the way. Uh, we talked a few weeks ago about, uh, reportedly there was a, di- uh, sorry I don't mean to use the word reportedly, I hate that word. There were reports, which is the correct term for that, I refuse to believe otherwise. Um, there was some reports a few we- a few weeks ago that Microsoft was going to do a deal with Discord, we did talk about it on this particular podcast. Uh, I've just seen something that's come up from IGN as a, few, a few hours ago. Uh, Discord has... There are reports, I'm not going to use the word reportedly because I don't like it. There are reports that Discord has ended its deal with talks with uh, Microsoft and has decided to remain independent and focus on potentially potential initial uh, public offering. So basically they, uh, it seems like there's reports that they don't want to do this deal with Microsoft. So a bit of an update there. Uh, I don't mind particularly, I don't know how often I would have used it on my Xbox. Because uh, most of the time for my Xbox is either to watch TV... So like, you know, streaming services, Disney, Netflix, whatever. Uh, or to play FIFA or to now and again, if there's like Ori or a new Gears of War game or something, to sign up to Game Pass, play that and then turn off Game Pass kind of thing. That's, that's basically how I kind of use uh, my Xbox. Um, what do you think of the update here? Yeah, uh, it's not surprising um, just because there's always that decision that any startup gets when they get to that point of, do we want to go in a different direction, try something new and just cash out? Or do we just want to, we want to keep rolling with what we got. You know, sometimes it pays off big. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, I think we talked about Foursquare um, when that article first came out about how Foursquare was at one point going to get bought for $4 billion and they just decided no and now nobody knows who the, what the hell Foursquare is anymore, and that wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Discord has a lot more functionality than just a boring-ass, uh, oh, I've checked in at this location, geotag service, because you've got all different kinds of fandoms that can just create a little server, create a little uh, community on Discord, separate from whatever website they've got their content on, 
you can have fan interactions. I'm subscribed to a whole bunch of Discord servers. Uh, eTalk has one, but you set it up and then really didn't do anything with it. So if you haven't joined, that's okay. I forgot um, about that, we'll actually. Just, yeah, I'm sure you forgot about that. <laughs> and I don't have admin rights, so I can't do anything with it, which is no big deal. Did I not give that? Um, oh, I, I must have forgotten to give that to you. But yeah, I'll, 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 like I said, you really haven't done anything with it, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, and honestly, I'll... I don't even know how to use it, so. Like if I could, I don't even know how I would do something like create a channel or anything like that. I'd have to do an internet search on anything like that to figure out how to do that. But that's okay. Um, hopefully one day we'll grow eTalk into a big enough thing to where the Discord server is a thing. Mm-hmm. But You can join the, our uh, Facebook group. There's a link in the uh, yeah. show notes for that. And you do have and admin. I, and I post random stuff in stuff the Facebook group in reference to um, some of the stuff we talk about on the podcast or some of the other casts we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's their company's decision. They get to decide what they want to do with it. And they decide we don't want to get bought out right now. That's fine. You know, hopefully three, four years, it'll show to be the correct decision. And if not, that's just the nature of everything. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is a really, really obscure reference, but of all the movies you've seen, have you ever seen a movie called Other People's Money? No, I can't recall seeing that. Yeah, I'd I'd be shocked if you had. It's like a <laughs> mid-90s kind of take on corporate America, but it had a really, really great line in it. Um, the line was, the surest way to go broke as a business is to get yourself an increasing share in a decreasing market. And they were talking about, like, buggy whips. I mean, when you think about it, I'm sure at some point there were thousands of companies that made a buggy whip. And when's the last time you've ever seen one, much less had to buy one? Hmm. And I only bring that up because that comes up with a lot of things that become fads on Internet. You know, they spring up and then they kind of disappear because they lost that kind of functionality. Or they spring up and they go on to awesomeness like youtube or facebook or anything like that you never really know but at one point those every single one of those companies had the decision of do we sell to x or do we make our own thing and sometimes it goes good and sometimes it goes bad and you never really know until after it's done Mm -hmm. so that's going to be the same with discord you know leaving talks to get purchased by microsoft i can understand that microsoft already has teams uh, Teams is very functional in the business world, so I can understand Microsoft's wanting to purchase this as more of the social side of that because then they'd have both sides of the coin. They'd have Teams for business and uh, Discord for non-business. But then again, I can also see Discord saying, you know, we kind of want to have control over what we created, and that's entirely their choice. So we'll just have to see if it was a good decision a couple, three years from now or if it was a bad decision. Mm-hmm. I just think with these... I'll just call them social media apps for lack of a better phrase. There's so... I don't think some people realize... I honestly don't think some people realize that the vast majority of these things do most of the same things. And the the one thing that's really, really surprised me during this pandemic, TikTok became a big thing and Zoom became a big thing. And I remember when they first kind of came on the horizon, you know, at the start of the pandemic and that, it was all oh, these things are a revolution and all that. It's, no, they're, they're not. They're really, really not. Um, you can do most of the same things with, that you can do on TikTok on mo- a lot of other platforms. Zoom is essentially the same thing as... I was actually going to do a podcast on this whole thing. I still might do it now, actually. Um, 
And Discord is kind of... I don't mean to put any of these apps or whatever down, but they kind of all do a lot of the same stuff. You know, the sort of video call, uploading, the the content social media interaction. They all do that. They do them in different ways to try and make themselves look different. But um, it's just, uh, the, amount, the amount of times I've seen someone in this pandemic say like, hey, you know, my Zoom call failed or whatever whatever today it's like okay well you there's so many other things that you can use you don't have to there seems to be a lot of reliance on zoom at the moment and i don't get it i don't get it at all yeah so plus you gotta remember <laughs> tiktok just picked up where vine failed because mm. if you remember vine it was a short you know six second video social media app and then i don't know what the hell happened but it just went dead overnight uh. and tiktok just kind of picked up a while after that let off the weird thing was like, it... did you ever do a vine did you ever have a vine no no I, I didn't. and then you got other apps uh periscope is kind of a, a live stream that you know tried to compete with twitch but it, it never really took off as well mm. there's thousands of sites like that yeah but the thing as well with tiktok is it's this idea of like a fancy short video you can do exactly that same thing on instagram you can do the same thing on twitter and you can do the same thing on facebook they're called stories and they work almost the exact same way so anyway that's well, the people like choices oh. people like the option to not be limited to a single platform for whatever reason right there's just not much of a difference to change the platform is is sort of my point so but uh there's a lot of them that do relatively the same things but uh anyway moving on from all of that uh yeah we've stuck to the theme companies continuing to change their mind so many of them this week uh what else do you want to talk about this week. Well, uh, reportedly, Amazon is canceling its Lord of the Rings MMO, which just takes that and throws it on the giant dumpster fire that is Amazon game development. Uh, according to a Bloomberg article back on April 17th, issues arose after code developer Liu Technologies was purchased by Tencent back in December. Amazon and Tencent could not come to an agreement on developing the game in terms of both IP and other things like that, so the game is reportedly sh- uh, shelved. Liu is the parent company behind Warframe developer Digital Extremes and Gears Tactics Studio Splash Studios. Um, it also has a stake in Certain Affinity, a studio that has worked exclusively, extensively rather, on support development for the Halo series. Um, Amazon, when I say dumpster fire, that's being mildly generous. Um, <laughs> Yeah. They had uh, titles like Breakaway and Crucible be canceled outright, uh, with Crucible actually being released as a beta and then being unreleased. Uh, two other projects were canceled. Uh, the MMO New World was delayed and pulled. So it's just been nuts. Yeah, this this whole Amazon Game Studio thing, I'm not seeing the value of it or, or whatever i mean it gives people jobs that's great you know as i said earlier you know it's good to people to, to keep people employed um but they have amazon prime which makes them so much money they have amazon shopping in general because obviously not only do you then pay for prime for the delivery and the streaming service you've then got obviously the actual things that people buy off of amazon then you've obviously got the shows that they develop. They make money from those because obviously you watch them on there. And then they've got the uh, you know you pay for the the streaming service itself. Um, so I'm not and they've Amazon 
I mean, this even this is putting it very, very mildly. Amazon are very, 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 very rich, and even that's putting it mildly. I've I've heard some stories about how much money they've got, and uh, yeah, because I I don't know if you know even I I think it was a, f- a few weeks ago or so, or maybe it was even longer ago than that. Uh, Jeff Bezos did uh, leave the company, but uh, it's not as if he's gonna be. Short on pennies, because uh, yeah. he's going to be very, very rich. He's well, see, be, here's it, the thing. He, this is the secret behind both Amazon and Microsoft's stock price. They make so much money from their from their uh, servers, from their web services, AWS. Uh-huh. Um, honestly, Prime is a net loss. Their streaming service is a net loss. They're they're honestly they're purchasing, you know, from the store itself is essentially break even. They make so much money from hosting servers and creating servers and being just to be able to fill that back end need that they don't don't give about anything else. Right now Amazon stock closed at $3,334.69 with a 2020 revenue of $386 billion and a rough net worth of just a number that you would not even believe. <laughs> and yeah. just to show you how much of a difference that is, of the last five years, like on June 24th, 2016, the stock was at just <laughs> under $700. Hmm. So that's adding almost $3,000 a share in four, less than four years, less than five years, rather. It's just the online server stuff is just making them insane amounts of money. So they could literally lose money on everything, and their their server stuff will still keep them afloat. Mm-hmm. Well, now that football's gone back to normal, maybe Amazon can buy Man United. <laughs> or, uh, they could, I... but the question remains, why would they? Because it would earn them a lot of money. No, I doubt that. We'll, we'll see. Well, if they, if they put money into the team, then then they started winning more than yeah they'd they'd start making a, a, f- a few bucks from that. So I mean, player salaries might be an issue, but uh, again, they as we've established, Amazon's got quite a lot of money, which brings us back to the main thing. This whole it, it was interesting because Jason Schreier is the first one that I saw post this news about Lord of the Rings game being cancelled, and he said it, it was from this Amazon game studio, and I instantly went, oh yeah, they have a game. I, I I forgot that Amazon even had like a game division because when I think of anything related to Amazon I think of their shop and the streaming service I don't think of Amazon and think of video games yeah. um, you know when you say to me PlayStation or Xbox I think of video games uh, obviously when you say to me Netflix or Disney I think of films and TV um, but no when you say Amazon I don't think of video games so um, I don't know I don't know not, not much as really happened with this if if anything really meaningful necessarily uh and this is another uh casualty to that which is a shame because you could have made a good lord of the rings game and obviously there's a show coming out which by the way for some of you that don't know amazon paid 250 million just for the rights uh which obviously has progressed uh further since then they've casted various people and uh i don't know if they're filming the show yet but they've they've made some some progress with it so uh we got that as well but yeah, uh, big companies having big bucks. It's uh, it's the way that it is. As long as long as here's the thing. A lot of people say, oh, you know, all these big cor- cor- corporate companies they can cause trouble and that sort of thing. That's that's true. But if 
you're also a big company like an Amazon or somebody and you've got lots of money but you treat your company well and you make good products then you're on the better side of things so uh, we shall see but uh, I don't have much investment or interest in Amazon in terms of games Um, how about you? Uh, no, I mean, obviously I am a Prime member just because I tend. there's a lot of things that I need that I either can't find at a local store or they're so just idiotically overpriced it's not even worth even looking anymore. So I did, do tend to purchase a lot of stuff from Amazon and then I get the streaming service and the free delivery and other things like that as a perk. I really wish that Amazon could make a decent game because they've had some halfway decent ideas. I don't know why literally everything they make out of that gaming division just fails apocalyptically. Um, but, you know, they ain't hurting for money, so, you know, I ain't going to sweat about it. Mm. Yeah. So, anyway, that's Amazon. Uh, what else did you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing I have to talk about, I always try to end on good news when possible. Uh, The Sixth Guardian program, which is a charity organization that partnered with Ubisoft back in November 2020, created a Rainbow Six Siege Sith Guardian program bundle. This was an in-game purchase that you could make for cosmetic skins that would donate to charity. Uh, The general group has a list of different charities that they're going to start donating to. The first one is the Able Gamers, which is an advocacy group that helps uh, people that might have a little bit of difficulties for whatever reason playing a game. Uh, If you're born with non-standard equipment in terms of whatever, um, their goal is to try to get that to where you can get more people into gaming. Uh, The the bundle itself raised almost $180,000 for the charity, which is Uh, We've talked about various charity drives from different organizations every now and then. Uh, But yeah, raising that amount of money money is always a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very good. Uh, One of our own members and co-hosts and friends of of the show, uh, Bex, who of course was on the big podcast with us, was that two weeks ago? The big big Uh, five-year one? Yeah, two weeks ago was a big podcast. God damn, time goes too quickly. Uh, and now I'm a little bit older. So, uh, yeah, she who was on that podcast, Bex, uh, of course, does a bunch of charity work as well, sometimes on her streams. Uh, Trista Bites, Trista B-Y-T-E-S on Twitch. But, um, no, it's always good to see, you know, good things being done with charity. It's a lot of money. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty good stuff. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, obviously charity is something that's very difficult to try to support you know when things are down when you know the economy kind of takes us south uh obviously money's tight you gotta take care of yourself first regardless of whatever but the fact that even in these times they're still able to raise that massive amount of money for charity is just is always heartwarming in that and i hope that uh, the future charities that they uh um, do support also help as many people as possible get into gaming because gaming is kind of a universal thing much like sports I mean, not everybody likes sports, but you can you can love a sports team regardless of anything else going on with your life. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I was actually thinking to myself once because you know people do these like Twitch charity streams and stuff, and uh, I kind of thought to myself, this was before I had the good internet, so obviously I had some some doubts about it. I did think like what was stopping me from doing 
like a 24 hour stream or something but the reason before that I wouldn't do it is I kind of thought to myself okay if I sign up for one of these things and like my stream breaks after 20 minutes it would just be a bit of a nightmare but now mm-hmm. that the stream is I don't know if it would stay active for three four five six I don't know how many hours it would stay up for and obviously you could always restart the stream but now that that's more reliable that's something I may kind of reconsider because I, I kind of dropped the idea a little bit before not out of a lack of interest like I just explained but because of the uh, the stream would just kind of keep going off um so obviously that would interrupt things but uh now that that, that situation has changed I might uh reconsider that so you know that... what we need to do what's that we need to get with Bex and uh everybody from uh, Geek Town and just mm-hmm. do like one giant big collaboration stream and find a game that the, all of us can play at the same time, like Among Us or some Jackpot games or something like that. And just do like a whole big stretch. I'm definitely in for that. I mean, I don't stream anymore. I was barely streaming on Mixer when Mixer was a thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm more than willing to donate my time for like a Saturday or Sunday to get, you know, five or six of us in and just do like a whole series of different games and just make it a big charity thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a good idea as well. So uh, we'll put some of those ideas forward. Um, hey, maybe we could do both things or, or whatever. We'll see what happens. But uh, obviously, we're kind of just floating the idea at this point. But um, yeah, charity work is a good thing to do. I have done charity work myself before. I did volunteer for uh, British Heart Foundation's warehouse uh, section for three years. So and then I decided to just kind of move on after that. So and hey, shortly after that, Entertainment Talk was created. So you know. There we go. But uh, you said that's all the news that you had? Yeah, that's the last one I had. Cool. Uh, let's move into some emails and feedback and whatnot. If you would like to send in your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, or whatever, uh, for either for video games or anything related to Entertainment Talk, uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. Tina writes in uh, regards to last week's kind of news. says, with the Kojima rumours you spoke about last week, do you think Microsoft will swoop in? I think they're the most likely to sweep in. This isn't me saying, like, you know, confirmed or denied that he's working with them or whatever. Obviously, she's asking us kind of uh, hypothetically. Uh, but in terms of acquisitions at the moment, uh, Microsoft seems to be the busiest of them. Uh, Sony did, you know, buy a couple of things relatively recently. You know, they bought Insomniac and that, and they brought uh, that uh, esports thing a few a few weeks ago. That weird kind of thing that they they got invested in or whatever. But in terms of buying, stu- I mean, the big Bethesda thing, you know, was from the Xbox side and that. So. I can see that being the most likely. I mean, he could do something with his own company. He could he could do kind of whatever he wants, like we said, which is a which is a good thing. Uh, but in terms of the company most likely to kind of sweep him up, I probably do think that that's Microsoft. Um, what do, what do you think? Yeah, in terms of the ability to purchase it, definitely that. Um, I don't know that they will. I don't know even know if I want them to. I definitely want Microsoft and Kojima to do at least one video game collaboration. I think we talked about that when we talked about the rumors. Like, you know, find a game that he kind of wants to make, but doesn't think he would be able to get off the ground, get it off the ground, get it out to the market, kind of like a first date kind of a thing. I would love to at least see that, if nothing else. Uh, Microsoft has definitely been flexing on Sony with more than a few things. 
and having a Kojima exclusive game on Microsoft would just be a giant middle finger to Sony <laughs> for everything they did to him. And if nothing else, I would laugh my ass off at it. Um, whether or not it's good, that just depends on the game itself. Whether or not it continues depends on the relationship itself. But I would at least like to see one game of Kojima as exclusive on Microsoft's platform. Hmm. Yeah, it's also part of you know something I bring up quite regularly business competition um you know i talked about it the other week with the netflix thing the knives out and sony deals i talked about it with marvel and dc um all it, it, no matter what you're a fan of there is the business competition side of things which is a massive massive component and yeah if microsoft or sony were to get him it would be business competition um yeah it's as simple as that so which and I, that's I, part of why the ea sports franchises have uh, withered as much as they have is because they have had no competition for a very yeah, long time or very very little of it yeah so um but i'm fascinated by business competition and what companies decide to do to outdo each other as long as it's healthy you know um, and above board and you know fair playing yeah, field yeah. and all that fun stuff. yeah so not the super league <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, as as long as it, you know, what Netflix done, you know, throwing loads of money at Knives Out 2 and 3, cool, that's fine. Uh, but if you want to try and rip the Premier League apart, no, I'm not okay with that. But uh, um, but yeah, business competition, as long as it's healthy. I mean, it doesn't matter to us, really, how much money companies spend on things, because we're not the ones paying for it. Uh, you know, like when Bethesda and Microsoft did the $8 billion thing. Um, sure, it's expensive, but it doesn't matter to us. We're the ones that are going to be getting the products you know the, the games and whatnot so uh but i'm i'm fascinated by that kind of stuff just just to see what companies try to do to because they all must be look they all have to be looking at each other and thinking okay what are you gonna do next what am i gonna do about that if i do something what are you gonna do, do about it you know i'm uh i think that's brilliant so uh but moving off from that harrison says uh, how about some more ratings uh like we did before the entertainment talk rating system game uh so we've got four more that he's chosen here uh, we've got Portal, Until Dawn, Neo, and Gears of War. Uh, I'll take that as Gears of War the, as a, the franchise. I mean, I kind of have a universal uh, feeling about the, the franchise itself. Portal, I would say, because I didn't play the second one, but obviously you've got Portal written down. I think Portals are Don't Skip. It's a pretty good game. Uh, I think it's a little bit overrated in certain areas of the industry. Um because it's kind of talked about as this sort of like game changing big massive thing and it was a very very great game very very good game but I wouldn't kind of put it on that like high high kind of mark uh, but I, I think so don't skip it's a good game um, yeah it's pretty good uh, what about you for Paul yeah definitely don't skip just because I like the story of the original Portal in that it was a, a student project, and that project turned out so well that it got turned into a game and became a massive hit. So any kind of like absolute random success story, I'm always a huge fan of. Plus, it's it, at the time, it was completely, completely different from any other game out there. And it's so hard to get any kind of a new IP to the market, much less any kind of a new concept to the market. Because that Portal was literally the first game that I can think of that had that as a game premise to where you had a puzzle room and you had to solve the puzzle by random teleport, well, specific teleportation. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, absolute play it. I don't 
really want to call it overrated. Um, it's definitely overexposed on some level, but I think at least for the first game, it is what it is, and it's definitely at least something you need to play and have in your uh, utility belt of things done. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Until Dawn, uh, I think Until Dawn verges on a must-play. Um, if you if you're one of them people that like oh you know teenage drama, don't like that kind of stuff. If you can move that to the side a little bit, yes, you're still gonna have that in the game because it's kind of it's focused on you know teenage or young adult kind of characters. Uh, I just think that the choices aspect and just focus on it in terms of can I get these people alive out of this game because you can get all of them killed or all of them survived or anything in between and I find that fascinating. Uh, you've also got the mechanic of um, uh, was it with the, the motion thing within the controller? I can't think of what uh-huh. it's called specifically. Uh, where like the certain points where a character has to stand really still and you've got to keep your controller still. Um Funny enough that you do bring up Until Dawn. I was on the phone to my sister, uh, when was it? Yesterday. And because uh, she was talking to me about my birthday and different things like that. And uh, we started talking about games and she's playing uh, Until Dawn at the moment. And she kind of mentioned to me how she kind of just puts the controller down uh, when she when she plays it. Which is fair enough. You know, that's not like cheating or anything. I mean, you can do it. So, um, But yeah, if you move like the slightest, slightest amount, you'll possibly get someone killed but uh i loved until dawn i think it's great um how about you yeah i would i don't know that i would categorize it as a must play i would definitely categorize it as play if you need a change of pace from anything um it is very much a multi-branching story um i don't know if you're old enough to remember those choose your own adventure books i grew up on those um it definitely falls into that category um it definitely is worth playing because guaranteed you're unless you're following like a script or a how-to or something like that you're probably going to have a different experience than anybody that you talk to that has played the game graphically i mean it it on some sense it looks really really good on some sense it looks a little creepy it's that whole uncanny valley thing mm. but i yeah i, I would again categorize it as a play if you need a complete break from whatever you're doing normally and you just want to get it like out of a rut Right, right. Yeah, I, I get what you, what, you, what you mean with that. So, uh, but I love Until Dawn. I think it's great. Uh, Neo. See, Neo's, you know, obviously in the Soulsborne category of games, I think there's a simple question to ask yourself whenever you play any of those kind of games. And I would include Cuphead in that as well. Some people might have just laughed at me saying that. But, you know, that that kind of that kind of extreme difficulty. Because... If you can get yourself in one of those games to a point where you've gotten over the over that bump point of like you you get into a really really good rhythm of it, then you'll probably love those games. But if you can't quite get past that point or the frustration is too much because you've died fifty times from the same thing or whatever, you'll probably not like those games very much. Now I very very nearly got into Bloodborne. Uh, back in January when kind of funny did their whole book club thing with that it kind of encouraged me to try it again I think because uh, answering you know is it must play or whatever I think it's I would na- label those games as a possible skip just because it's you're either going to fall on one side or, or not you're either going to really get into those games be quite good at them and actually beat them 
or you'll get to the point where you'll do quite well at the start um get killed a bunch get frustrated and then quit and i don't i don't think there's really been much in between so i really think it's a case of answering it differently with that so uh, but for, for me i'm on the other side where it's like can't could never quite get into those games so i just yeah didn't quite get into them so how about you for uh for neo already any any of those sorts of games i would put that down as a do you want a challenge because obviously mm-hmm. games like that with neo with dark souls demon souls games like that they build themselves on absolutely brutally punishing you so if you've never played those games and you want just a complete absolute 180 challenge, you know, wait, find it on sale. You know, there's always going to be a Steam sale or a PlayStation Store sale or an Xbox Store sale. Uh, just wait for it to be on sale to where you're not paying full price. You know, you find it, you know, 10, 20 bucks, whatever, or something like that. See what you can do with it. Because um, yeah, that way, if you love it, you got a discount. Yeah, you. If you don't like it, you got a discount. Okay, I didn't spend everything that other people did on it. Um, I've played a ton of really tough old school video games. Like I grew up in the NES, so I played the Battletoads, the Ninja Turtles, games like that, the uh, you know Ghosts and Goblins, where these are just ports of games designed to empty your pockets of every single quarter that you owned and then some. Uh, so those are games that I cut my teeth on. I don't feel the need to go back to those challenges for the sake of going back to those challenges. But I have no problem people doing that. Some people just pride themselves on being able to do that. Hell, some several streamers that I follow will spend a whole day just you know perfecting this one boss or doing that one thing, and that's that's good because that means we have choices in mm-hmm. the games that we play, which is always good. Yeah. Uh, but if you've never played it before, just know going in, you will be kicked in the face. A lot. A lot. Over and over again. Repeatedly. Yeah. And if you're like me and you're playing Oddworld Soulstorm and you think that's hard, which it is, this is worse. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, and, and at least you got uh, responsive controllers. I mean, hell, go back to the NES days, play double dragon or play battletoads on an original nes then you'll know what true torture is <laughs> yeah so uh, i think it's up to those sorts of choices uh gears of war i think gears of war is one of the best uh gears of wars is next next one written down uh i think gears of war is on par with the ori series as xbox's best um i think both of those series are better than halo i think i mean forza is a little bit different you know you can't really quite compare gears of war and forza but forza gears and halo have been Xbox's big sort of franchises for a while. Uh, I think Gears of War cleans Halo away. I think that Ori does the same thing. I think all of those games uh, are Xbox's best. Um, so yeah, the Gears. I, I even Gears of War Judgment, which gets gets a little bit of stick. It's not as good as the other games, but it's still pretty good. Uh, Gears of War Judgment. Um, I think Gears of War Five is the best in the series of Gears of War. Um, and I thoroughly, I think I gave it my game of the year for 2019. It wouldn't have been 2020 because that would have been Last of Us 2. Uh, yeah, it must have been 2019. I gave it my game of the year for, for that year, uh, Gears of War 5. Um, most of them have been, you could probably get them on Game Pass actually. All of them probably. Uh, I mean, they're all Xbox first parties that they should be. Um, but I, I think Gears of War is awesome. So what what do you think? Yeah, definitely Gears of War I would put in a not necessarily must-play, but play at some point. 
I wish I liked those games more than I did. It the Gear series kind of with me falls under the same category of the Witcher series. I recognize the quality there. I recognize why everybody loves it that does love it so much, why they love it. It's just the mechanics never really clicked with me. With Gears, it was for a completely different reason. I did enjoy Gears Tactics because I am a big isometric, you know, turn-based tactical guy. Um, so that was one of the games that I did play um, a lot. It was pretty good. Um, obviously, there's a ton of story there with Gears. There's so much to learn about the backstory and everything. So uh, I would categorize that again with um a, you know when you need a break when you need something completely different if you haven't played that before absolutely jump in i wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily call it a must play but it's a good game to pick up if you want something different than what you've been playing recently yeah yeah i mean in terms for me for like third person shooters you've got things like the red dead series last of us uncharted gears of war i love those sorts of games to- the, to- the modern tomb raiders are pretty good but i don't think that they're as good as the four that i've just mentioned um which are obviously you know which are in like ghost of tsushima third person action those aren't third person shooter games um those are very very good obviously as well but i'm talking about like third person shooter cover based games um those are games that I really, really love. So that's included in that, in that as well. Uh, but that's what we got for you for this episode of Gaming Talk. Uh, I need to go and do a Unitedcast episode because some of the biggest developments in the last several years are happening. So I need to go and do one of those episodes and talk about this uh, Super League thing. Luckily, it'll be a positive episode because it all seems to be sorted out now. And I need to talk about the fact that the uh, chairman uh, resigned as well. So that's a pretty big Yeah, bit. I did see that pop up in my news yeah, feed. Finally, finally resigned. All that needs to happen now is the club to be sold. But hey, normal football is, is back, which is which is the good part. So uh, look out for United Cast uh, episode afterwards. And then, of course, we do play on Sunday as well against Leeds. So look out for that. In the meantime, uh, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcasts as well. Uh, so if you want to support more of what we're doing, you can either listen to more episodes, uh, you can uh, use Patreon, or word of mouth social media, uh, Patreon, $1, $3 level tiers, for ad-free podcast and review options, so check those out. Uh, word of mouth and social media, you can simply tell people that you know to find the content, entertainmenttalk.org, and look for us on podcast platforms. Uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Facebook groups, that kind of thing. You can share them around in there if you can do that as well. That would be great. Uh, Bex, like we said, uh, streams daily pretty much over on Twitch. Trista by Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. You can also find me on Twitch as well, UK for that. Uh, so go and find me on there as well. If you miss the Twitch streams, they'll be put onto the Entertainment Talk Plays YouTube channel. So have a look on there as well. Uh, and of course, TV and film news if you want up-to-date, uh, reliable news on that. And of course, what Amazon's doing and that kind of stuff uh, for TV and that. Uh, Geektown, geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio for all of that kind of stuff as well. There is a new episode available. So uh, go and listen to this week's Geektown Radio as well. I don't know who's on, who's on it, but uh, go and have a listen to that episode as well for uh, Geek Town Radio, Geek Town Dakota AK, Geek Town Radio on Tuesdays for all that. That's it. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.